Man, this is going to be exciting. The Revelation series, guys, that such an incredible ad, you know, by our own Ange. This is, that was that was amazing, Ange. And look, I think if anything we can get ready for uh, and prepare ourselves for, this is going to be an awesome series. I'm so looking forward to it. So many of us are looking forward to it. So if you've just, you know, seen that for the first time, it is happening, like it says, May 23rd. You don't want to miss that. It is going to be powerful. Um, so in saying that, look, we are here for the word of God. Let's pray and let's get started. Father, we thank you because it is always a privilege to just talk about your word and what it means to our lives and how it transforms our lives and gives us what we need to journey forward, to push forward, uh, to trust you and have faith in you. It brings us back to that place, Lord. So we pray, Father, that you will speak through me, Lord, as your servant, as the person that will give your word today, Lord, that you will um, open all of our ears to hear what you are saying, Holy Spirit, because at the end of the day, this is your word. This is you are who we look to for everything. So we thank you and we honor you and we glorify you in Jesus name. Amen. Guys, I'm I'm really happy to be here. Uh, it is always a privilege to be able to come before you in this uh, way of communicating um, live online. It is just a joy to talk about the word of God. And that's what we want to do today. Uh, I'm going to read from Romans chapter one and I'm going to start at verse one and actually go through. Uh, just the chunk of uh, the passage up to uh, the 17th verse, um, because I do believe more than ever reading in passages of scripture to kind of give us what is being said and, and, and what we want to discover from what we're reading. So let's read verse one, Romans chapter one, verse one, and we'll, we'll go from there. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David, according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the, the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. That without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that someone by God's will, I may know at least at last succeed in coming to you. So Paul's trying to get there 
For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged both parties being encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want to I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far has been prevented or have been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. What is the obligation? Eager to preach the gospel to you who are also in Rome. That is what Paul is obligated to. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, both to the Jew, the Jew first and the Gentile. And this last verse, which is so powerful for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. So the two particular verses that I really want to connect here is verse six, which it says, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. And then jumping down to verse 16 and 17, for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And it is the just, it is the righteous that live by faith. I wanted to read those scriptures and really link those two particular verses. And today, really, I just want to preach from the heart, you know, and and of course we, we do that every week. I mean, it comes out of our heart, but I really want to get us to really remember Remember what it feels like to be saved, to be encountered by the power of God, to have that encounter with him. You know, if you have been tuning in, you would have just had communion and communion is always that point where we have the opportunity to remember, remember what Jesus did for us. And Paul talks about it in the letters that he writes, uh, I believe it's Corinthians, when he reminds them, this is why we do communion, is to remember, is to proclaim the death of God, is to proclaim the death of his son. Is Jesus doing what he did for us? And that is he gave his body for us. He shed his blood for us so that we could come back to the Father by, by the Spirit, and be reconciled with him. It's nothing more powerful than that. And as we sit, and as I sat and, and thought about remembering, it made me think about Paul's journey. And we talk about Paul um, a lot because obviously he's covered two thirds of the New Testament. But when we think about him 
we need to think about his encounter. And in his encounter, his name actually wasn't Paul. It was Saul. And it's pretty powerful how in that place in his life, in that position in his life, really, um, he had an encounter with God at a place where he was doing the worst that any of us could ever imagine. And that was him persecuting the church. See, when when Saul was had come on the scene, he came on the scene, not as this apostle or as this big leader, but as someone who caused a lot of havoc and a lot of um, persecution and 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 really led uh, an army of fear, if you will, when it came to how the church was treated. He was the man in the front. You know, he was revered and he was feared amongst a lot of those who lost their lives for the gospel. When they heard Saul was coming, there was this, okay, we know why he's coming. He's coming to persecute us. He's coming to try to disrupt what we're doing, because according to Saul's knowledge, as Every other Pharisee who he was when he wrote, even in Philippians, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. They didn't believe Jesus was who he said he was. And following the law more than anyone, Saul did that. And according to the law of Moses, he couldn't find how Jesus would be the Messiah. He did not believe this. And and this is what he went with. He went with what he believed and he believed it wholeheartedly that the church was false. You know, they were blasphemous. They were not what he read and what he was highly educated in. So what he what did he do? He persecuted the church. And it's amazing when you read his radical encounter, we see it as radical because we see what happened is written about, you know, and of course, if you were there, it would have, it would have been radical. You know, he's on his beast. He's with a few guys. They're on their horses. They're riding to Damascus. And all of a sudden they see this bright light, so bright, so immediate that it knocks them off of their horses, knocks them right down. Not a person coming and hitting him. No, this light completely knocks him down. And Saul hears a voice. The others hear something, but they describe it as a thundering sound, I believe. But Saul is really clear on what he's hearing. And what he hears is a voice that says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's pretty powerful because Saul's response is, is quite shaking. He, he, he actually says, who are you? So here you have a man who's been studying the law, knows the law, like the back of his hand. He's a Pharisee of Pharisees, and he's asking, who are you? It's like I read the scriptures, but I don't know who you are. And it's the same thing that Jesus tells the Pharisees. He says, you read this word, you study it, you know it, and yet you don't recognize who I am, because it is this word that points to me and you don't want to give it 
that authority. You don't want to really put it in my hands because I am the word that was made flesh. And so Saul asking, who are you? It's kind of like, wow, you of all people know this book, know this law, and yet you don't know who you're speaking to. So what's the response? Jesus says, I am he. I am the Lord. I am Jesus. I am the one you are persecuting. And at that point, you know, he can't he can't see uh, the, the, the people that's with him. They lead him to a home. And, you know, we, we understand that story that Ananias, the prophet, he prays for him. He meets him. The scales fall off his eyes and he becomes radically, you know, changed with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the rest we can read throughout the scriptures because we see what Paul does in that point in his journey. So his encounter is incredible. It is incredible. But what's so important is that when you read through the scriptures, you can read how Paul, which is his name now, how he remembers. And for this week, for me, and this is what I mean, I really wanted to talk from the heart because I I had this moment this week and it was a moment of me just remembering and the Holy Spirit he he spoke to me and and it wasn't even his a voice it was more of a memory that i had and i could just remember being a kid at church and sitting in the pews and of course i grew up in church you know i think when you speak to a lot of kids in church that just grow up we don't necessarily have moments where we remember that God did something radically incredible like we read with with Paul uh, or Saul who became Paul. But we have to understand there's always a moment with God when he changes us. And as I'm saying this, I'm, I'm getting teary eyed because it was real. I sat there, you know, with my friends and. It just happened to be on a Sunday that we had a guest minister come in and and preach. And it just seemed like every single word, of course, when you're with your friends, you're kind of talking, you're kind of having fun. But that particular Sunday, as I sat there, I could just remember the words that he was saying and that he was preaching and not so much that I remember everything he was saying like verbatim, but I remember what it was doing to my heart and it was changing something. It was like something was hitting me that had never really happened before. And it just brought, it just got my attention. And as I sat there, I'm looking around even with my friends and I'm like, man, Maybe this is not hitting them like it's hitting me. And at the end, an altar call was made. And of course, you know, being in church all my life, I never really knew or understood the importance of going to the altar and really at that moment surrendering. But my heart was just being pulled. And as he was as the Holy Spirit, which I completely understand now was pulling it, 
I could recognize that this was something not out of obligation that anyone was making me do, but it was something from my heart that was telling me you should go up and you should give your life. You know, you should make a a declaration. You should proclaim who Jesus is right now in your life. And even as I I sit and think about that now, it just makes me want to be so thankful. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best to hold back the tears. But look, if they fall, they fall because the joy in that moment, even as I was thinking this week, was like, wow, God, it is refreshing to remember and to think about what you did for me even those years ago i won't say how long ago but being a child you moved my heart in a way that i will never forget and we have to remember when it comes to who we are in god when it comes to our purpose why we're here You know, I think about uh, the moments with Paul because, look, in this time we're living in, is so many things going on around us. So if you don't know what's happening, just go on social network, go on social, you know, media, uh, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, whether it's the news, whether it's. Twitter, whatever it may be, you'll find what's happening around us globally because we are in a global society now. And it's so easy to get caught up in the things that are going on in life and that we try to connect with where life is going through our feelings. We try to connect and really Whether it's staying with a trend, staying with a fad, or really wanting to be accepted. We try to connect with our feelings because it is our feelings that gives us that that sense of, I don't know, that like the the dopamine in our brains get released. We feel when we feel accepted, that speaks to us, you know, and. That becomes what we rely on. And I get it, especially with an incredible change from last year, dealing with the pandemic, even to now. You know, of course, things start to feel like the norm is coming back. But still, will it ever be what it was pre-COVID? No. So this whole just hook on social media it's, it's a way of gathering together, if you will, and just feeling that acceptance. And and when you feel like you've been heard, when you feel like you've been recognized, it is that that dopamine in our in our brains that kind of goes off and those endorphins that we feel that makes us feel alive. And we try so hard when that tempers down and wears off to get back to it. And so we do anything we can to make sure that happens again. And so we discover that our feelings is 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 what we really grasp and what we really grab onto and that becomes 
our truth. Because the moment we say, this is my truth, the moment we say, this is what I recognize to be true to me, then we get more affirmation behind society. People congratulate us for standing up and standing for what our truth is. And whether that lines up with the word of God, we're okay with it because it it makes us feel good. Whereas our truth can never be what we have to latch on to or what we need to latch on to. Because when we read the word of God, it is not our truth that saves us. It is not our truth that changes our hearts. It isn't. It's the transformation of the word of God that shifts us into going down a road from the road we were heading down, which was death, which was of our sinful nature and where we were headed. And maybe we didn't have a say when we got here, but we were born into sin. We were shaped in iniquity. And the way we did that is on us because of mankind and the fall. That is true. Whether we want to accept it or not, it is true. And when we get to that place of being tugged at our hearts by something, by someone who paid the price for us, just as it says in it's in Corinthians 6, 20, when Paul says, you were bought with a price. Someone paid your way out of hell. Someone paid your way out of the debt that you owed because of sin. And that person that paid your way, that's who's that your life belongs to him. That's who we belong to. As we read, you know, Saul's encounter and what he remembers, you know, he's remembering. This is why. It is in 1 Corinthians 15 and 9 when Paul mentions, for I am least of the apostles. How, how, why does he say this? Well, he's remembering what it was like before he was changed. He knows his transformation was radical. It was not of what you would consider to be normal, but even more so, he's been called into an office of being an apostle and he recognizes that is a privilege because now I'm in a position to give the gospel to people like we just read in one in, in Romans 1 and 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. This is Paul's life now. He recognizes this is a privilege to give to your people, Lord. I am the least of the apostles. So he understands and remembers what his life was like as Saul. Ephesians chapter three is the same thing, but he broadens the scope. He says, for I am least of all the saints. So it's gone from one particular specific office to a range of being a part of the church, the body, the saints. And he says, I am least. Why does he say this? Because I remember when it was like to be Saul. 
And I remember what it was like to take the very people out that I am encouraging to have the faith that they have. I shouldn't be here. But my life was bought with a price by someone who saw fit for me to walk in this calling. But he doesn't stop there. He goes in even further in 1 Timothy. And he says, God came to save all sinners of whom I am chief. So there's no position of pride with Paul. There's only humility. And even in today's society, the church, we have allowed pride to cloud our thinking. And it's not very easy for us to remember. But like it says, like I I read in Romans chapter one, verse six, you and I belong to Jesus Christ. We belong to him because of what he did. Guys, we need each other. We need unity. Of all days, of all times as we are getting ready to go into the series of revelation this is the time we need to be unified we need to know who we are we're not going to get that by how we feel we're not going to get that by continuously saying well your truth is your truth my truth is my truth and try to make that an objective or, or or the way we live our lives, whereas that that's subjective, that is not objective in any way. This is objective. This right here, this word. But this word points to one person. And that's Jesus. So no matter how we feel, no matter how lost we feel no matter how life has not done us the way we want it to have occurred no matter how things don't feel fair to us wherever we are in our lives in this moment i want us to be sitting right now if you're listening to this and just think about whether you want to call it a challenge for you or whether you just want to call it a heart to heart, however you see it, just take a moment and reflect and remember what it felt like when you had the encounter with someone who paid the price for you that you would come into your real identity Of who you are, not based on how you feel, but based on the truth of the word of God, based on him dying for you and saying, you belong to me. Our purpose 
in him. Our identity in him. That's what matters. If this has never happened for you, then that moment, I hope you are listening right now. And I hope you are hearing me because that moment is for you right now. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to go back to the worship team. and We're going to go out with that. Lord, I thank you and I pray every person right now who knows you, but somehow along the way, as we all do, we, we let pride get in the way and it becomes hard to really remember. Lord, I pray now that you will speak to us. That you will show us what that moment was like, what it was like for us, but really what it was like for you. And I pray, Lord, that whoever has that moment even right now, whoever doesn't know who you are, whoever's having this moment as we speak and saying, God, I want to open my heart to you. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to them, that they will understand if they believe on you, that you died for them just as you died for all of us and receive you as their Lord and Savior into their hearts. Then they're changed. They're saved. And their discipleship journey begins now. Thank you, Lord, for this time to express your heart and to cause us to remember in Jesus' name. Amen. Worship team, take us out. Thank you, and we love you guys. See you.